You know, Justin, Rent really said it best. It, it, it's hard to believe that we have recorded 525,600 minutes of, of podcast over the past 52 episodes. Wait, uh, we, is that a... Wait a second. Yeah. So I sang that song in choir. Okay. I've seen that musical a couple yeah. times. Yeah. Is that how many m- minutes are in a year? You know, Justin, it's interesting. <laughs> I have I have a degree in journalism and I've never checked. I've never double checked if that's correct. I trust rent. Hold on. All right. So how many minutes in a year? Okay. I mean, like Google says it's five hundred twenty-five thousand six hundred, but like, uh, are they just quoting rent? What's their uh, source? Okay. How about this? So the short answer is, so this is from knowhowmany.com. So again, I don't know what the fuck this website is. So this could be wrong, but um, it says this. The short answer is there are approximately 525,600 minutes or um, 8,760 hours in a common year and 527, 40 minutes in a leap year. This is based on a calendar year of 365 days. The more exact answer is 525,948.67 minutes mm. in a year. Yeah, that doesn't uh, have a ring to it the same way. I was going to say, it's, it doesn't have the same sort of uh, rhythm to it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's hard to believe that we have recorded that many minutes of podcast <laughs> um, <laughs> over the past year. <laughs> Truly... Uh, truly a commitment I, I i would like to say hats off to us for doing this literally we not not missed a single week um not missed a single week over the past year the craziness of the past year <laughs> that's impressive like when uh, i i think like it's important to do something when it's like not always convenient and like to, like to mm-hmm. stick with it through that kind of stuff like i started when i lost like 50 pounds of my body a couple years back I started after Thanksgiving. So that means sure. I went through Christmas. I went through stressful work time in January, February. I went through, mm-hmm. like, that was the gauntlet. So if I can survive that, I can survive, you know, eating better anywhere. Same with podcasting. If you can podcast during a pandemic, wait, wait, actually, no, I don't know if that works because pandemic would make it easier to podcast. But I'll say this, Justin. <laughs> I'll say this. Has anyone really been in the mood? I mean, like, I get that we're we're sort of accustomed to this as sort of life now uh, for the time being. But like some like not to bring it down, some like bad shit has gone on since the time we started doing this, because we were already four or five months into a pandemic when we started. I don't mean to pat ourselves on the back too much, but I do want to say that. We haven't missed a week, and that's to me impressive as a, a feat and statistically, like if you really look at it, we've released a show more than once a week. Like statistically, if we're talking about remainders because of our E three ones, you add yeah. that up. Just like the yeah. the like the average person has less than two nipples. That's true. <laughs> huh? I suppose I didn't think about that. I knew a guy in high school who had four. So maybe he's bringing the average up. He could help the average. He could. Yeah. But yeah, so, so someone might have to fact check this. I wonder what uh, Google says on how yeah, many nipples. I'm not going to Google. Justin, I'm not going to I'm not going to Google how many. What is the average number of nipples on a human being? Uh, but 
I'll take your word for it and that it's not a whole number. How's that? Okay. <laughs> I, and, and you know what? Thinking about it, it is probably less than two. Not one. Well, I mean, insane. I guess the question is, what's statistically more like likely to happen? You have more than one nip, more than two nipples, or less than two nipples, and it's probably actually more than two. More than, and especially like my unnamed friend from high school, because I know he for a fact would not want me to tell this <laughs> on a recorded broadcast on the internet. Um, you know, he had four. So like between he and I. We like it's over on two. average. We would have over two. In yeah. fact, you have three. <laughs> correct, correct. Which is, um, uh, you know what? I'll I'll clear the record. I have two nipples. <laughs> End of story. Just in case you were wondering, dear listeners. But hey, Justin, I'm so excited for you to hear this because this is Hitbox. What's in the fucking box? So, stop for a second. Did you make that or did you? I did not. I did not. Uh, welcome to the show. My name is Peter Hansen. with me this week as always. My good friend Joseph Magovich. Anyway, uh, no, I did not. I contacted the person who made the original Hitbox uh, intro and outro music. They, they go by the socials on all of their social media stuff. Oh, and good. I said, hey, uh, season two, baby. You did a great job last year. You remember me? Probably not. You commissioned <laughs> a lot. Uh, and uh, kaboom. Season two of Hitbox is here. That's awesome, though. Yeah, so uh, what's in the fucking box? Uh, it's, it's Gwyneth Paltrow said. Morgan she, Freeman says, don't, don't come over here. Don't come over here. And uh, Kevin Spacey, uh, confirmed bad guy, goes, I paid her a visit, Charles. I don't know what his name is. I, and I took a, a pretty little souvenir. <laughs> I'd watch that scene a lot to try and figure out what part oh. <laughs> I wanted to use. Uh, oh, that's from the scene. I'm sorry. That was Brad Pitt saying it. Yeah, Brad Pitt is like, what's in the box? And then uh, Morgan Freeman's there. He's like, don't come over here. He's have, got like a fun accent in that one, too. Have you seen that movie, Seven? Nope. nope. It's like you saw like the review, like the, by the way, the spoilers for the movie Seven. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> whoops. Oh, whoops. Um, but basically, it's about a serial killer who is killing his victims in the the style of the seven deadly sins. So he'll, like, either torture or murder people in, like, oh, specific ways to do that. And then it's Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman, by the way, awesome pair up, trying That's to bring good. down That's the good. serial killer, um, which is Kevin Spacey, as you've heard um, from yeah. earlier. But, yeah. Yeah, it, I, watched, I watched that one scene, and because, like, I know the twist, and, but, like, you know, I think still seems like a good flick uh but i i watched the scene and it was kind of spooky it was like it was spooky enough for me to be like i don't know if this is like a movie i want to watch sort of on my own yeah. you know <laughs> yeah it's kind of messed um, up um but but uh but uh kevin spacey's like reveal as him being the bad guy is not a secret like it was in the usual suspects when you find out that he was the bad guy the whole time in usual suspects yeah. also spoiler alert spoiler for alert for usual suspects. suspects um and rosebud's the sled spoiler alert for 
Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane. Uh, that's a fun flick. I watched it in school, and I was like, yeah, it's, it's good. Uh, you know, the <laughs> speaking of video games, you know the roller coaster vertical velocity at Six Flags? I don't, but go on. Uh, it's Tell like me. basically Enlighten like me. a U that you, I think it's the vertical velocity that you like corkscrew up okay. one uh, side okay, okay, yeah, yeah. and then straight up the other. Um, my friend and I would shout out movie spoilers when we got to the top of each of oh, one of those. Uh, so uh, you heard all of my movie spoilers that I know. <laughs> Dumbledore dies. Oh, yeah. Gandalf dies, but don't worry. It's okay. He comes back better than ever. So does he die? That's always confusing oh. to me. So he goes off. Okay, Justin. You know what? It's it's our anniversary. We can talk about whatever we want. It's our podcast. Uh, he he dies, uh, but he comes back and he tells Aragorn that he's he's here to do to like finish the whole ordeal with the ring. Um, and so at the end of the uh, the trilogy, he joins Frodo and Bilbo and Elrond and uh, Lady Galadriel and her husband and all those people, uh, and he sails away. To the um, death, kind of. Well, they, like elf heaven. Yeah. Uh, what's yeah. it called? Well, elf is heaven. it? I have some. I don't necessarily agree with that interpretation of it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's what happens. <laughs> like, I don't. I go on. Like I'm intrigued to hear how you might disagree. But well, like are, if they're going to elf heaven, like are they just going off a waterfall and then that's it? No, they are. They're going to a land where they can live out their days in peace with the other elves, and they I, live forever, except for Bilbo. <laughs> Bilbo looks so thing. bad at the end of that. <laughs> at the end, he looks so bad. He looks like some twisted up beef jerky. Uh, Justin, I well, like, I'll, you know what. I'm going to look this up when we're off the clock. Let's uh, let's talk about some video games, Justin, please, on our video game podcast. It's been a year of our show, and that means there's over four hours of us talking about the Lord of the Rings edited out somewhere on my computer. Um, <laughs> Justin, let's talk about some games, just, just briefly, because I do want to talk about... Um, this show is going to be a little different. We're gonna, instead of our main topic of the show being something topical or game related, we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to pull back the curtain just a little bit and talk about what making the show is sort of like and and what playing games is like when you're not just sort of doing it to relax and, and all that sort of stuff. But that's to come later. In the meantime, I do want to talk about games that you've been playing to relax. So, what have you uh, what have you been getting up to? Uh, I've I've fallen deep, 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 deep deep down the skyward sword rabbit hole and i'm gonna, it's it's a good zelda game uh, okay. i'm just going to say that um minus the fact that the the swinging of the sword sucks and then every like i don't know a couple hours there's a point in the game that just makes me swear profusely at my switch oh, okay. um because a lot of the times the button presses and the button inputs you're doing are so like random and there's just not like normal games that you play. So like you're, you're yeah. you, they require you to be so precise at some moments of the game that it just is infuriating and I will swear a lot, but it is an awesome 3d Zelda game. And I, I go back and like the 3d Zelda games more so specifically than the 2d. I think the 3d Zelda games are some of my favorite, uh, game designs ever like th those types of games are some of my favorite they're just awesome i love the dungeons i love going through getting your weapons to make yourself stronger i love just kind of like th that ability to have like quasi open worlds where you can explore stuff 
And that's not just in like Skyward Sword. That's like in most of the 3D Zelda games. And some people will be like, "Well, Justin, uh, the the top down isometric uh, Zelda games. Those those are also uh, all those things." But yeah, but they're 2D and they're lame. And we're all about polygons here on Hitbox. You know what I mean? I do. I do. Um, would you say that? Okay, so where have you played all the 3D Zelda games? Probably right. Uh, I have to imagine. Y- yeah, yeah, I, I I have not I've never beaten all the way through Majora's Mask. Um yeah. but I think that is the only 3D Zelda game. Uh well, Skyward Sword, but I uh, by the way, I, I am on the last dungeon. So, I'm okay. right at the end of the game. Gotcha, um, gotcha, gotcha. So, Skyward Sword will be the other one um that I haven't beaten. Okay. Uh but so where does it fall in terms of like if you had to rank them? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's really I Wind Waker is my favorite by far. Um, yeah. Like, I think that one is just so beautiful. And I think the cool thing about when Wind Waker came out, people said the, the game didn't hold up visually. It, it wasn't good visually because it wasn't, like, realistic. But that game holds up visually more oh, yeah. so than most Zelda games. Skyward Sword itself does hold up really well because of its art style. Like, I know it's like, has an HD up-res, uh, like an up-res kind of version of on the, the Switch, but it's beautiful. Um, so... Wind Waker is my first. Then it becomes a, a a good conversation between Twilight Princess and Ocarina of Time. I think both mm-hmm. of those games are really good. Um, I think Ocarina of Time probably just nudges is nudges it out because that game kind of like grew up with me with gaming, and that's just such a big part yeah. of my childhood in that game. Um, and then Twilight Princess was just really fun i think like that game itself the dungeons in twilight princess are some of the most fun dungeons and that i and specifically boss battles that i've ever experienced in zelda games uh then it would be uh majora's mask i don't mind majora's mask uh i love the the masks and the exploring of it i just don't like the time limit even if it doesn't affect you most of the time it just bothers me Mm -hmm. um i I feel rushed and anything that has a time limit on i just don't like as much i think I think Majora's Mask is like a very acquired taste, you know, like because it takes all of the systems that like uh, not Breath of the Wild, Ocarina of Time set up and then it just sort of does different stuff with them in a way that like I think people either really resonate with or really don't. Because I'm with you there. Like, I don't love the time limit in that game. I understand why it's like necessary. And I typically don't like that sort of stuff in games in general. But I think if you... Like I said, it's an acquired taste. So if you bash your head against it enough, I guess you can like it. But I, I still not think a ringing endorsement. And some anyway. of the moments in uh, Majora's Mask are some of the best moments in Zelda games. Um, yeah, I, I love the side quest. I, I don't know how deep you got. Did you beat Majora's Mask? Yeah, yeah, it's my favorite one. The the lovers' side quest is so yeah. awesome, so sad, and and so it, the the step to get to the end of that, like all the steps to get to the end of that quest is just so awesome. And how much mm-hmm. of the, of the world do you have to see? I think the side quests in Zelda have always been some of my favorite things. And I think Majora's mask kills it with the side quests. Yeah, um, I agree. Cause I think, I think Zelda, in my opinion is never like the story is never really like the thing that I find to be the most gripping about those games. Cause I mean, they're pretty standard, like, you know, prove that you're worthy be the hero go save the princess sort of thing um but and those games i think really shine in their like level design as you were saying and combat and and world and stuff like that but i think that 
Majora's Mask it has like the weakest dungeon design and weakest boss fights and stuff like that. But I think its story and the stories that it tells are the best in the whole series, which is why I like it the best. But go on. So Majora's Mask and then what else are we missing? Well, so Breath of the Wild, I, I intentionally left off, but it's hard for me to place that because I'm just going to take that one out for a second because it's, kind of it's a, a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, and then in Skyward Sword is the one that that fits off at the end there, and it's not because it's a bad game. I, I just there there are, I I don't think I will, I don't think I'll ever replay this game once I'm done with it. But that does not mm-hmm. mean it's a bad game. Uh, yep. It's also really long. Um, uh, we were talking right before we started recording. It's probably going to take me about thirty hours, and I've practically mainlined it. Um, yeah. I haven't like messed around to give the um ghost in the in the toilet the love letter so he can mm. wipe. You know, there's some weird side quests in this game. I haven't done all of that That's... stuff. Interesting. Um, Go on. But um, the I still think the story is probably one of the most cinematic stories with how they tell it and everything. Yeah. I think some of the character development is some of the better character development um, in the series. I think Link's journey is qu- one of the more interesting ones for Link. Like mm-hmm. in most of the games, Link's is always Link is always like the the kind of like vessel for you to be at. But this one, you really see him grow up from the beginning of the game, where he's just like this like young kind of lazy kid, just slowly growing up and being um, the hero that we need. In fact, there's like several moments when like um, uh, a character's like. <laughs> there's no way you're the hero. There's a mistake and like challenging you for being the hero instead of just like being like, Oh no, you're the hero, dude. Cool. Awesome. Like in most Zelda games. Um, but uh, this game is probably like more similar to breath of the wild than most people would realize. Hmm. And I think a lot of the things that bothered me when I first played skyward sword bother me less because I love breath of the wild. Um, Weapon degradation is one of those. Uh, like they have the shields that if you use your shield, which seems like a very important thing in this game, they start to wear down. Um, but you know, after playing Breath of the Wild, what they do is so like not bad. You know, like yeah. it really isn't that bad. I just made it bad in my mind. Um, it's also kind of like semi open world. Like there's really only three areas in the four if you count the sky, three areas in all of Skyward Sword. Um, There's the desert, there is the um, forest, and then there is the um, uh, volcano area. But each one of those services two dungeons and then a side area. For example, the forest biome is not only a forest dungeon, but they also have a water biome in it. Mm Mm-hmm. So they do a really good job of having these like basic areas that kind of open out throughout the game. And people complain that this game like has you like go back and like continuously like re-explore things, and that makes it not fun. However, what they actually do is they give you incentive to go back to these old areas and they constantly change it. Very similar to Ocarina of Time. Like, remember going back to uh, Kekariko uh, of, uh, Forest Village. as an adult? Or, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. As an adult. And, like, how different everything was. How you, like, one-shot at all the bad guys. How everyone looks at you like you're a weirdo. They have that constantly throughout this game about, like, the same places that you were before, just under a different lens. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of cool. Um so I think the explore, the exploration parts of it and the actual areas that they set up are really cool. Um, but the the things that, that make me not rank this game higher with the 3D Zelda games is just the fact that it is those controls. Like, it is, like, uh, annoying at first. Yeah. But I want to... 
I, I, I think last week, I don't know if I sold it to people well enough to like go get this game. And that's because I was only in the beginning of it. Um, turns out I played this game probably 15 hours on the Wii. <laughs> I didn't realize oh. how far I got in it. I got through okay. three dungeons. And the thing that really got me was the motion controls of not only the swinging, but like the like scarab and all the other kind of like tools you get were horrible. You yeah. constantly had to realign yourself and you still have to do it if you play with the motion controls on the, the uh, switch. But the button controls are really good. Um, for mm -hmm. what they are and the only thing is that occasionally I'll be like flicking the thing and it's annoying to get yourself adjusted to whenever you move the camera hold down the, the left button but yeah. it's a good Zelda game if you are someone who likes Zelda if you are someone who played Breath of the Wild and is like Breath of the Wild needs more dungeons it needs more like 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 curated story Skyward Sword's your game because it mm. is a lot of that stuff that people were missing for um, Breath of the Wild in this game. And if you like 3D Zelda games, it's a good 3D Zelda game. It's just sure. the controls just get in the way just enough to make me say it's not special. Um, that being said, Breath of the Wild is probably my favorite Zelda game of all time just because uh, I could go play that game today for 20 minutes or for 40 hours and love it. Yeah. Um, I could play that game constantly. <laughs> There's so much different stuff that you can do. Uh, the 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 puzzle solving it feels like in in the shrines is very like linear, but outside of the shrines, it's so open ended with how you can yeah. do stuff. And and it's probably not even fair for me to say that the shrines are linear because there are multiple ways that you can solve a lot of those puzzles. Um, mm -hmm. It's just I think that game is so fun and the only knock i have on that game is it's just not fun to do combat in that game but after playing skyward sword i'm probably like actually it's the best <laughs> combat great. ever it's wonderful <laughs> yeah no i i i would probably agree i would not say that it's my favorite of all time as i detailed before majora's mask is the only one i have a tattoo for how's that it's the only video game i have a i think tattoo for but um Good. It's, uh, I mean, they're still good nonetheless. I've not, I've not played Skyward Sword. To be honest, I just don't think I'm going to get to it. Uh, it seems like as a left hand, like, I know it sounds like a weird barrier, but like as a left-handed person, I would want to try out the motion controls, but I just think that from what it sounds like, they sound a little clunky to begin with, and then pair that with... And they continue to be clunky the whole game. <laughs> right, but pair that with a different hand dominance, and I just think it is I, I do have tricky. to say, if you play with the button controls, that doesn't become as much of an issue right, right. As, you, as you would expect. Um, it's still there, but I, you know, I, one, of the, one of the things I always tell you to play Xenoblade Chronicles 2, yes. I would tell you to play this game uh, easily over okay. Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Interesting, because you are, you are quite the fan of that. I am, but I know the games you like uh, specifically, and yeah. I, if you like 3D Zelda games, you'll like this game. It's just that Asterix is hard to get over sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know. I, I ended up with Nintendo points. This game came out to like 30 bucks for me. Oh, okay, that's not so bad. I feel great. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. It's I save up all those Nintendo points, and at some point, I'm just going to be able to be like, oh, I can get like four games. Because <laughs> um, I, I not have, have not spent a single one. Uh, Justin, can I briefly, briefly talk about Scarlet Nexus? Sure. Man, that game is overstated. It's welcome. <laughs> oh, are you going to platinum it? I'm trying to, but there's like this one thing that's looming over me and that it is. So I'm in chapter 10 of Kasane's story. So I'm like in it. Um, and one of the trophies is to complete the brain map. So like upgrade your character all the way. And I still have like 
probably six upgrades left and um the amount of points you get is not that many so um is it because you're so over leveled when you're doing the new game plus yeah i assume that's why oh. like i've leveled up so again i'm in chapter 10 of 12 i've leveled up two times since restarting mm. so uh, i'm gonna just probably have to grind these end game enemies but have you given the gifts to everyone yet no but i'm not i've not been able to yet because there's a couple of like the plug-in ones that give them more space that are kind of going to be difficult to grind for like when mm-hmm. i was like looking to, to map this I, when i was mapping this out like i i've reached the decision that i haven't played scarlet axe at all this at all this week and yeah. uh i'll beat the, i'll beat kasane's story but i don't think i'm gonna to play uh yuito's story um and the the platinum just looks like it's going to be too much work yeah so i'm gonna i'm probably by the end of beating these this story i'm probably gonna have two trophies left and it's going to be completing side quests and that (laughs) upgrade tree so we'll see we'll see if i end up doing it uh i probably will because at this point like i put in the time so close yeah i know yeah but we're talking probably like you know eight hours of grinding which doesn't seem like a lot but when you're grinding not fun yeah yeah but uh Uh, how are the story differences in it uh completely shitty because it's the same story because i know what happens because we talked about it like like not we like i mean we we in the game they're like oh remember this is what i just did it's like it's like hey what have you guys been up to oh this what have you guys been up to oh this so like literally nothing has come as a surprise it has all been extremely straightforward uh and like a lot of this story i didn't realize this uh, a lot of Kasane's stories, like following immediately behind Yuito, oh yeah, and like catching up and being like, "What's going on here?" and then being like, "Oh, this is what's happening." And so like it's just the same. I mean, obviously it's the same areas, but like there's not even like a different twist on it or really anything. So, um, yeah, it, it, I like it. It's good, but I think it overstays its welcome by having two twenty-ish hour stories. But um, yeah, so that's what i've been doing i also justin finished mass effect 2 best game of all time according to most people that you ask except for me uh no i would say no <laughs> personally i would say no uh i liked it can i tell you something please i fucking thought that the choices i made were gonna uh, and, and who i like the loyalty missions i did loyalty missions for everyone thought that was gonna come up uh basically it was very tense. They go, all right, pick your, uh, pick your team, pick, pick who's coming with you, pick who's going in the vent, pick who's, uh, leading the second team. And so Miranda goes, I think I should lead. And, and can I tell you something, Justin, not really a Miranda fan. I'm sorry to say, and I know, I know I don't want to break your heart here, but just, she didn't do it for me. She, I've, um, when, when we flew towards the Omega four relay, my shepherd was in his room alone, staring at a picture of Liara. I was faithful to the end. Well, you're not going to get that platinum. Uh, well, I'm playing on Xbox, so you're not going to no. get that uh, achievement unlocked. Chivo, uh, a gamer uh, score. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Xbox. The one thing I ask, just give me a fucking like, call it like the Achievo or something like that. Yeah, when you like get something all big. Yeah. Please. I agree. I would agree. But uh, yeah, so. She's like, I, I think I should lead the team. And Jacob's like, I think I should lead the team. And I'm like, listen, none of you Cerberus Humies are going to lead the team. It's going to be a cool alien, uh, Samara, who is the 
Asari. I was like, you have the experience of leading people. You're strong. You're, I find you to be wise. You're going to lead the team. And then Kasumi, who's one of the DLC characters who's included with Mass Effect Legend- Legendary Edition. I was like, you are a master hacker, so you are going to be in the vent. And then we're, the rest of us are just going to give you support. So Kasumi fucking died. Um, literally, very unceremoniously, just gets shot in the head as we're closing a door. And I was like, what did I do? And I looked it up because I was like, because I was mad. And I was, I decided, I decided that what, no matter what I did, I was going to keep the save, you know, because like what happens is going to happen. I'm not going to reload this. Uh, and she, the person who, like the hacker person who gets an event dies no matter what, if you do not choose Jacob, Miranda, or Garrus as the squad leader. Liter- there's literally no way I could have known that. It's just the game decided, hey, if you don't pick your favorite, if you don't pick our favorite dude, then uh, this person dies. And then I was like, well, if that's the case, what are the other things? And so, like, you have to choose Garrus, Miranda, or someone else to be the leader for something else. You have to choose, like, there, there's not that many choices, but the ones that were there, like, made me feel like I didn't need to do all those loyalty missions and stuff. It just, it made me feel like, what was the point of me going around doing all this stuff? to build these relationships to gain the loyalty of these people if at the end of the day it's just going to boil down to choosing Miranda or Garrus to take care of the thing. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I do. Um, wh- when did Mass Effect 2 come out? I say 2010? 2010. And I know that doesn't seem that long ago. T- turns out, look at your calendar, 11 years ago. That's, like, shocking. <laughs> and, and I want to, I like make this clear i get it's an older game you know what i mean like i get that it is not going to be as complex as as intricate as games might be now well i'm not saying that it wasn't um complex and i i'm not saying it's not the 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 thing is is that in 2010 this was awesome mind-blowing yeah 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 and the the way to ruin mass effect for anyone is to look at the decision trees and find out which choices actually matter yeah, because then it's just kind of like, oh, it seems a little random that you're making these choices and stuff like that. And uh, my experience playing Mass Effect one again was I was shocked at how linear it felt compared to what yeah. I was envisioned in my mind. Um, And I totally I totally understand how like a couple of characters like dying like that can like it, it seems so and I had the same feeling when I try to save Miranda in Mass Effect three based on a conversation you have with her in the first 30 minutes yeah it's just like there was there was no like literally no way i could have predicted that and then i looked it up and i was like oh i just didn't pick the characters who you guys think are cool because like to me in my experience with garris he hasn't really said much he hasn't really done much all he wants to do is go kill people and like but but peter it's not about who's cool it's about who has a tactical advantage who's the one who is like running c-sec or one's working at cerberus being the ones like on the front lines calling out orders samara is like a jedi that's the thing. Samara's a cool Jedi. I hang out with all the, the the zeros of the Mass Effect fandom. I hang out with <laughs> Thane, the assassin guy who just loves his kid. His wife died, loves his kid, wants to have a relationship with his oh, kid, bro. but he can't. Bro, 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 by the way, Mass Effect 3. Don't Thane. tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. Don't no, tell no, me, no, don't no, tell no, me. no. It's. You're going to love him more. If you love him in okay. 2, you're going to love I him in 3. And so it was always Thane and it was always Samara on my team because it's like, you guys seem like you've got it together. Like, yeah. you know, you guys have your struggles and whatnot, but like you guys seem to, to really have it together. So I was very disappointed that 
it turned out to be just like, oh, pick the characters we think are cool. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Because I, um, I don't trust Cerberus at all. And the fact that anyone's like, ah, I could write, I could talk for four hours about some of the issues that I have with Mass Effect. And like, if it were made today, I don't think it would be made the same way. No, no. If it were made today, it would be Mass Effect Andromeda and people would hate it for no reason for it's the better version of the game you just played. I don't, but like the, this game, I, you know what, Justin, at the end of this, this trilogy, it probably will make me want to try Mass Effect Andromeda, but I just think I'm going to be a little so burned good. out on playing Mass Effect. So that'll, that will come eventually and I will give you my full thoughts and feelings on it. I don't remember um, a single character from that, uh, except you're the Pathfinder, but I remember enjoying it significantly. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll I'll give you my my review in a year and a half. All right. Um, I have a couple questions for you, and I yeah, want you ahead. to pull this out so when you eventually beat three, you kind of have that like this connection. Okay. Yeah. Okay. First question: What are your thoughts on Morden? Um, this is similar to my issues with the game. This game is like so cool with the idea of genocide and like being like, oh, it's for the greater good. I don't. I, I like him enough as a guy, but the idea of like, hey, I am committing genocide for the greater good does not sit right with me at all. And the fact that the game makes it renegade to go against that makes it say like you are morally bad for thinking that genocide is bad is uh, I, I, it makes me like not want to hang out with him. So I think he's fine as a dude, but like at the end of the day, cannot get on board with Krogan genocide. Um, all right. Next question. What are your yeah. thoughts of Tali? Uh, I like Tali. I do. Um, I, she's not like my top pick to hang out with or come with, but like, uh, I, I like her enough that she's around. Like I keep her, you know what I mean? Like she comes with me on some missions when I, she's the person who I need when I need someone who's good with like, uh, uh, like the hacking stuff. And, um, what is your thought of Legion and the Geth? Oh, I remember a little bit of this. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Like, I liked Le I like Legion. The Geth is it's tricky because, to my understanding, if if I'm remembering correctly, their like whole thing is the the Geth from the first game were like uh, heretics, and they broke off from like Geth proper. Um, and Legion is basically trying to explain, like, yeah, no, like, we, we just amicably separated from them from differing ideals. Um, I remember that there's a choice between the Geth and someone else, like another another group of people, uh, which I don't remember who they are, but yeah, the I don't Koreans, know. I'm guessing. I don't know. I mean, there's I, I'm remembering there was a choice in Mass Effect 3 when I played it originally that was like, choose who lives. These people are these people. It was like the Geth and someone else. I have to imagine it's probably the Quarians as well. Uh, but uh, like, I remember at the time being like, I feel like I don't know enough about this conflict to be the one making this choice. Um, I would say that like, if I had to pick, like I have more allegiance to Tali cause she's been like a real one since day one. Like she's yeah. been, you know what I mean? Uh, and the Geth have historically tried to kill me very much, very often. So, uh, tis where I fall. And how, oh, I mean, I guess, I, you, you played Mass Effect 3 with the DLC? Back in the day, no. Without the DLC. Okay, cool. I, I don't want to lead too many more things, but I do want to revisit those three things once you okay. beat Mass Effect 3. Okay, I, I will, uh, Justin, I'll make a note of it. So that's enough about Mass Effect. We will revisit this 
once I play through three and we can talk about that. Uh, by the way, like I'm not in a rush to start it up just because I've been, you know, and, I, and like, you've already played it too. I don't remember freaking. Well, I don't even remember it, but with it, it'll be different playing it with all the context and knowing these characters because a lot of the, yeah. the characters who aren't playable. By the way, when you played it, was Ashley a character or did you kill her in, in your playthrough? Oh, I, you're trying to tell me. Wait, wait, wait. When I played it back then or now? Yeah. Back, back then, then. It, Ashley was a character. Okay, cool. So, so that'll be interesting for you too then. Yeah, what was his name? Uh, who's the Caden. Yeah, he was not around. Yeah. But in this playthrough, Caden is around. Um, uh, let's just, let's briefly talk about EA play. I didn't actually watch it, but I saw the, I, I looked at the highlights of this. Did you like watch the actual event? I watched all the trail. Uh, I watched the trailers and then, um, I, I briefly went through some of it. Uh, like, uh, Xavier Woods was the, the host of it. Uh, WWE yeah. superstar Xavier Woods. Um, and, uh, I think he was great. Um, I really think like having, uh, a, a personality like that, like that he, I mean, he's such an enthusiastic and like really like engaging person to watch. I think that's so important for these shows. Yeah. Um, and they did a good job. Like the actual pacing of the show was pretty good because they did a lot. They, they had like a pre-show with a couple of people talking about some trailers that we were going to see later. Um, then they had the show that Xavier Woods hosted and they interviewed some game devs. They uh, talked about some of the, the the things, and he kept teasing something that was coming at the end of it. Uh, and it just made it really easy to watch. It was like 45 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I it wasn't a good E3 conference, but there were some interesting games. Sort of sounds like it should have been at E3, though. Eh? It felt like it, but it didn't feel like they had the games for it. Okay. Gotcha. Would be would be my opinion. Like I think people would be would would have seen this conference and been like, eh. Okay. And really, a big part of this was about um, uh, teasing the new Apex and the Battlefield 2042 uh, mm-hmm. mode. So it was kind of like a reminder of Battlefield 2042. So yeah. I don't know if it needed to be at E3, uh, but just having it randomly on the uh, day in July, it was kind of nice. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I. I- looked at the things that were interesting to me and that I sort of have not dipped any further in. Uh, I have to imagine the things that are interesting to me are interesting to a lot of other people. Battlefield stuff looks cool. I think, I mean, like, I think that that first trailer for Battlefield 2042 looked pretty cool to me. And and as this past year, I've sort of gotten more into multiplayer shooters as I've been playing multiplayer shooters with my friends, um, sort of uh, banking off of Apex. So, I'm kind of sold. And then this battlefield portal stuff where, you know, you have, uh, many, many, many different years of combat. Like I, I, all in one, I think is kind of cool. I, I thought I, when I first saw battlefield portal, I thought there was a mode where you had portal guns and I got so freaking excited. I have, do you know a split gate? Mm -mm. Okay. I've been trying to play this game. It's in beta right now and it launches later tomorrow. I think actually, um, it's like Halo multiplayer, but with a portal gun. So you have the same guns as like basically Halo, but you also have a portal gun that you can use. The problem is it is a team of four people and it's gotten over like half a million downloads. So their servers are just not online. So I've been trying to play it. Um, it's on everything. I've tried to pick it up on PC, but... Uh, is it is it uh, paid? Nope, free to play. Oh, ooh. Ooh. Yeah. So maybe we'll, out, maybe we'll probably talk about that in the coming weeks but the problem is you can't play it there's like the servers are not up and going so um 
Yeah, Battlefield Portal, though. That's Splitgate. Um, Knockout City, did you play that one? I played it a little bit. I don't know if I talked about it on the show, though. Uh, I don't know if you did. I, 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 I did the demo, and I did the tutorial, and I was like, this, okay, I, yeah. I get it. I see you. Yeah. I just ain't going to play you. Yeah, I played it for a few hours on the Series X with Game Pass, because it's on Game Pass. Uh, and I liked it a lot, but not really... It, it is a type of game for t- a type of person who likes... Who's looking for a new type of competitive game, which I think is cool, because... I don't know, I feel like shooters... If you like shooters, they can get kind of stale, but... Uh, yeah, I liked it, but not enough it, to continue playing it. It seems to do it's been doing pretty well i think they're they have an yeah. interesting kind of like trial model so you can play it for free anywhere to start yeah and I, I forget what the level cap is on it so uh it's like free to start and then eventually you have to pay for the seasons and everything for it so if if you're looking for a new kind of like arena thing i suggest playing it i i just there are, if i'm going to spend time in like an arena multiplayer game it's probably gonna be like apex or a uh, fortnite <laughs> right no, I, I I totally get that, but uh, you know, season two that looks cool. New maps and new new trick shots and movies. whatever else. They're, they're yeah. in the movies. Yeah, that's fun. I guess was it Hollywood or something like yeah, that? Yeah, that's, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, um, Apex. That's the big thing. Uh, that's one of the big things for me. I mean, but like, it was. Uh, let me say it like this. I, I am exci- as excited for this new season as I am excited for all new seasons of Apex. But it's kind of like, yeah, cool. Like I knew that was coming. Just. You know, I count down the days. I love the the reveal of this one because like that cool like cell shadedy kind of like yeah. art style. That was interesting. At first, I was like, "This seems like Apex, but it's not, right? Is it a new game? What is it?" I kept like questioning that, which I yeah. think is a success, and it looks fun. Uh, that that voice actor so familiar. Who is that? I didn't recognize him. Uh, let me look. Um, but I w- I will say that. Uh, the stories from the Outlands, which is what they call all of their like story-based reveal trailers and stuff like that, the animation on those are always really cool. And I thought, you know, this one is was stellar. Yeah, um, and I, it goes with the um, the Overwatch kind of lore stuff. How like all those yeah. like, movies and stuff are really awesome. I just wish that stuff was built in the game more in your face um, rather than just being kind of like this bigger trailer. But um, I still think I, I enjoy watching their their new character reveals. I think those are always really cool. The voice actor for Seer, which is the name of the new character, um, his name is Ek Amadi, and he has been in uh, oh he was in Mass Effect Three as Javik. Oh my god! Yes. Is. Oh my god! That is that. that yes. Okay. Do you, okay. Uh, you didn't you didn't play DLC, right? Well, I mean, like I've I did I done I've done all the DLC for the first two games but, but i've not, not the played. third one okay cool Correct. so don't don't look too hard on who javik is but you it, interesting good okay he was uh knack in knack <laughs> oh yeah um, knack. Uh, he's he's been in a, a lot of stuff actually he was in fallout 4 as davies um halo 5 guardians as spartan jameson Locke. uh final fantasy 15 as titan uh he was in Prey as Dr. Deo uh, Igwe. Um, interesting, interesting range. But his voice is definitely uh, Javik. Uh, it's very much the same kind of voice, it seems like. So that's so funny that it's a Mass Effect voice. Uh, he was also in uh, Spider-Man Miles. Oh, he's he's Aaron Davis. He's my, uh, the Prowler in Miles Morales. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, I mean, he has a he's lot He's a voice of- actor. He's getting work. Yeah, I mean, he, I'm turned his, at this. he turned his closet into a, a recording studio over the pandemic. 
Yeah, this guy was in um, Mortal Kombat Scorpion's Revenge, direct-to-video movie as Jax. Uh, he played he reprised his role as Jax in Mortal Kombat Legends: Battle of the Realms. Uh, I'll, anyway, I'll watch that. Not one. not important. Um, and then the other thing, Dead Space is back, which, as you probably know about me, I'm a huge Dead Space fan. I, I maybe this will be the thing to get me back. I don't know if it will be. Um, I, I think we probably talked about this before, but I played um, Dead Space one the first like hour and a half, and I just didn't keep going because horror games in me. Um, I played a lot of the phone version of Dead Space though. It was like a phone Is version before phone games were good. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. It, and it had like a it was a it was a third person shooter kind of kind of game. So I played a lot of that one, but um, I, I I don't. This was a mic drop moment for some. I wish it was just a new Dead Space or like a Dead Space like reboot rather than it just being like it seems like it's a remake, right? Yeah, it's it's a remake of the first one. Yeah. So it's going to be really interesting. I actually find the story of Dead Space not like the game. I mean like yes the game, but like the story of the making of Dead Space really interesting. Uh so EA before Dead Space was basically just making FIFA and other sports titles and then they were like okay well we want to capitalize on the people who like single player solo experiences so they made That's two it. games mirrors mirrors edge which i also like um and then dead space and so they kept with dead space a little bit more than they did with mirrors edge because that got a sequel like three years ago that i didn't play i mean uh, they legit tried with mirrors edge just no one bought the sequel <laughs> like, i'm sure yeah, yeah. well because i also think that uh Weirdly enough, Mirror's Edge has a like even smaller niche than Dead Space. Oh, absolutely! It's it's like a speed like, running game that is, is yeah. It's like a first yeah. person parkour game. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I like. It's it's a good game, but um, I would say that's a niche. <laughs> like like I would not say like it is a mass yeah, appeal yeah. game no, in the uh, way and, that and Super Hot did it better is what I would say. <laughs> Yeah, probably. If Superhot had parkour, there you go. That'd be better than Mirror's Edge. But <laughs> um, Dead Space, the first one was pretty popular. They made a second one, which I uh, think is the best one of the series because they gave Isaac Clarke a voice actor. Uh, they expanded on the story a little bit. Um, and then they made Dead Space 3 because they were like, we need more. We need, we need to sell more. So let's do more action, less horror, and let's do it co-op. And the developers were like, I, mm-hmm. actually, we kind of want to explore... Um, De- degenerative mental mental disabilities so they wanted to uh, ex- dis- explore dementia and like how that might influence the video game and then they were like yeah but you could just do like a multiplayer thing and um so then dead space 3 was like this master of none horror action game with mo- like tacked on multiplayer uh story wasn't very good and then <laughs> it was which is like, the one with the needle in the eye because i've seen that scene before and dead it space is space two Dead Space 2. It's really good. It's, it's great. It's not awesome. That, that scene's not good. That scene's great. No, it's not. You're the contr- guy to control the needle. Do you watch yeah, the you, eye fuck thing? How, how is that good? <laughs> uh, it's cool. It's a cool mechanic. I've never done that in a video game anywhere else. Uh, you, have, but, you pl- have you played Surgeon Simulator? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, no, Justin. I haven't played Surgeon Simulator, but... Um, it's exactly yeah, what I, you think it is. I suppose I should get on that. But uh, then EA was really upset about Dead Space not selling well because they didn't let it be what it, the d- creators wanted it to be. And then they Visceral Games is who, ma- who made it. And then they were like, all right, Visceral Games make uh, Battlefield Hardline, which is the cop one. 
And then they said, all right, Visceral Games, we're going to shut you down now. So now the makers of Dead Space went on. They are um, forgetting the name of their studio, but they're working on the Callisto Protocol, which was shown off at the Game Awards, which was like a Dead Space looking ass game. Uh, And then that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Callisto Protocol looks great. Uh, the, the Glenn um, Schofield is the director, was the director and creator of Dead Space, and then is the creator and director of the Callisto Protocol, which is, it's, it's space horror set on the Callisto moon of Jupiter, which is cool. But now Dead Space is back, and EA's like, what's up? You guys love this, right? And it's like, EA, you killed this. You know what I mean? Like, And, and the people who are in, who you gave this series to like had to leave your company because you took this away from them. So like, I don't know, I'm going to play this because I love dead space. Um, but it makes me sad because I think had EA just let the people make the game they wanted to make, I think it would have worked out a little different for them, but yeah, I, yeah, so, I'm, yeah. I'm in tr- like, I'm interested. I, I EA is like, <laughs> I, I, if anything, they are known for their, like, games of service monetization kind of stuff so i i would yeah. wonder if that's going to to bleed into anything with dead space i'd hope not justin it's so interesting that you bring that up so in dead space 3 uh oh, they were no. like what if we did microtransactions to buy guns and then everyone's like well that would be a bad idea because it's like a single player horror experience and they were like yeah it's not gonna be single player we're gonna do multiplayer and you're gonna have to pay for weapons and upgrades and stuff and everyone's like yeah, that sucks. Um, and they have said that there are not going to be any microtransactions or any of that stuff in de- this remake. I assume they're just going to call it Dead Space, which is going to be confusing. Dead Space. Uh, it's not even like it's not even like Dead Space is that old. It's like what twenty twelve. I believe you. To Google, they could call it Dead Space, but instead of a C. E, it could just be a Z. Dead space. Dead space? Yeah, that's yeah. kind of fun. Yeah, you could say it's, uh, oh. and you could just say dead space and it'd sound the same. So Dead Space One came out in two thousand eight. Uh I've got a copy right there. I'm looking at it right now. Uh but yeah, it's not 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 with you, Justin. Oh god, forget you're, you're we're, we're recording through a screen. Separate. Got it. Yes. Got separate, it. I thought separate I'm, just, I'm in I'm in the room. I'm in the conversation so much that I thought we were in the same room. Justin, this whole show is just me and you looking directly into each other's eyes, and well, I. And then my Miranda action figure staring at me from the corner, just yeah, being like, my, "You're gonna um, let me die. You're really gonna let me die. You should play through Mass Effect Three again." I would. I would let Twice. Miranda die. She was. She was really mean to me the whole time, and was like super on board with her. And we'll talk about this in Mass Effect Three episode. <laughs> but yeah, Dead Space. I'm excited. I'm. I'm excited to play it. I like Isaac Clark. I like. The series, I like the whole thing. So I, I will play it, but I am mad at EA for doing what they did to the people who <laughs> they put in charge of Dead Space. I'm just mad the main character's name is Isaac Clark. You don't think that's the coolest name in the entire world? Uh, I mean, if you like two first names. David Matthews, the man with two first names? Come on, Justin. You I've never like heard a man named Matthews before. Touche. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Justin... I want to talk about this podcast. Uh, we we don't actually. I, I feel like we bits. There are bits and pieces scattered throughout the past fifty two episodes, sort of detailing like, hey, here's what how we do this and and all that sort of stuff. Um, and 
we can talk about that. I don't really think anyone wants to hear about the technical, uh, like details of how we do this because it's I don't know, probably boring. And if I've uh, learned anything about podcasting, everyone does it differently. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So like, it's kind of like we could tell you what we do, but it's really about like how you get yourself started and like what technology you have. Like there's, yeah. there's so many different things to like, to like get started with the podcast and like literally everyone does it differently, which is one of the, it's good. And if you well, want to start I, a podcast, just start, just do it. Do so it. I have a question. I have a question for you, Justin. Have you ever done a podcast before this? <laughs> so, um, the mic I used to record on, in fact, this mic too, I bought in probably like 2011, 12, okay. and I wanted to start like a general podcast before like podcasting was as like big as it is now and, and like yeah. defined. And we just want, like, it was my friend and I, we were at a Panera and we were just like talking about stuff and it just became a very like us conversation podcast, but we never like put it anywhere. We we're just recording. The sound quality mm. was terrible. Like a lot of like issues with it, but, um, I've never like officially recorded and released a podcast before Hitbox. Gotcha. That makes sense. I have, uh, tried to, I got turned on to listening to podcasts my freshman year of college. And then I proceeded to listen to hundreds and hundreds and oh hundreds my. of hours of podcasts. It's so interesting with that. I, 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 I'm trying to like pinpoint when I started really listening to podcasts. Um, but I, I would have thought that, uh, I mean, we're like uh, a generation of school different from each other, right? Like we're yeah. eight years different. Uh, how old are you? I'm, I'm 23 right now. I'm t- 31. Okay, so yes. Yeah, so you heard it here, folks. That's how old we are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, but um, I would have thought that podcasts were a bigger thing in your uh, age group, like when you were like a freshman uh, in like in high school. I thought that would have been a bigger thing. Actually, now that you mention it, I listened to a lot of IGN podcasts my freshman year of high school, and then after that, I sort my brother based. I had like an iPod Touch because that was you know what it was in the day. <laughs> um, and, and my brother, my older brother gave me, you know, he like helped me set it up and helped me put all the music that was on my iPod, my older iPod, put it on this iPod touch. And he's also like, oh, and I put 150 episodes of IGN Game Scoop on there. And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> like, I, I was like, I don't yeah. know what that, uh, let, let me listen to the Nightmare Before Christmas soundtrack. Thank you very much. Um, because I was 13 and, uh, it's still good, but <laughs> you're not relevant. Um. But he's like, no, no, you should, you should listen to this show. I think you'll get a lot out of it. So I started listening to it, and I was like, whoa, this is awesome. And weirdly enough, that's like how, sort of how I figured out how, what I want to do. Yeah. Um, I, I listened, because this was, um, who was on this? This w- would have been Brian Altano, Greg Miller, and Damon Hatfield were the three guys that I really liked. Um, and, and oddly enough, I still love all three of them. <laughs> yeah, I, I still think they're all great. I, I don't know. I know Greg Miller's not at IGN anymore. Damon uh, Hatfield still is. Yeah, is Brian, so Brian, Brian is at IGN too. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, they um, they got a listener question about like, how, hey, how do you do this? How do you do your job? And they basically said like, uh, get a journalism degree and get really lucky. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I can do half of that. So I'm working on the luck right now, <laughs> but yes, uh, I, I listened to podcasts for about a year, my freshman year of high school and then sort of fell off. Um, but it wasn't like a main, I mean, like you can probably attest to this. It wasn't like a mainstream thing really until a few years after that, which is kind of when I really got into it in like 2016. 
into like listening to podcasts. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's definitely a thing that like with the probably the first big major podcast out there that I can think of that many people talked about besides me was Serial. Like that was yeah. one of the, like the mainstream, um, the mainstream podcasts that 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 got attention. And I, I don't have numbers off the top of my head when that came out, but um, Serial season. One. Can you say twenty thirteen? Uh, twenty fourteen. Season one in twenty fourteen. Yeah, okay. So, um, I like started podcasting, uh, listening to podcasts in college, actually. Um, and it came with um a uh I, I was movie reviews is actually how I started. Um, I was really into movies in college. Like there, there was a time when uh, Netflix first came out. Oh my, I'm dating myself. <laughs> when Netflix first came out as a DVD service, um, I remember that. And I, I started watching every Oscar-nominated Best Picture um, from like the year I started all the way down to I think I got to the '70s, and then I watched a couple other ones like uh, like interspersed throughout there before I stopped because Netflix stopped DVDs by then, or they just didn't have the DVDs I wanted. Yeah. Um, so I started listening to um, podcasts like through that. And I, I I am blanking on the name of the podcast that I started listening to, um, but it was uh, a podcaster by the name of he goes uh, he podcast currently uh, they're called Double Toasted uh, Corey Coleman uh, he had like another like gr- he was in like a big company that had a podcast that him and his friends all had like fake names that they'd podcast under. Um, and they just talked about movies and I loved their personalities. They were so hilarious. And then they eventually broke off from their company to start, uh, uh, the double toasted company. So I kept following them there. And then once that company like broke off, um, I started to follow them as they broke off to their different like places. Um, the, the movie pod, it was called spill. That was the name of the website. Spill.com is where I started to watch movie reviews. They also had a video game podcast and that's where I started listening to video game podcasts. Mm -hmm. So then I started listening to the video game podcast. I kind of got introduced to rooster teeth. And then from there I kind of got an IGN and stuff like that. So what started with movies became me being obsessed with video games. And I've always loved video games, like since I was a kid. Um, but like the, it's just so funny how, and the reason I say it's funny that we both like really started to get into them in college. So maybe it's not so much even that the fact that they're popular, maybe it's a lot of it has to do with like time and a place. And I think college is such a place about, um, finding out like your interests and what you really yeah. want to do more so than high school, that that's when people start to like look outside of things other than just music and what's on like kiss and B96 and then yeah. uh, Q101. <laughs> Because I think it allows you to, I mean, like specifically going to college, it allows you to, you have the time to be like, oh, I, you know, here's a hobby I like. Let me look into this hobby. And then you're like, all right, well, now I'm, you know, going for a walk to classes or whatever. And it's like, yeah, let me, let me listen to some, some radio, but like, you know, <laughs> some pre-recorded radio. But, um, but, but you'd never recorded one like officially, like you said, right? No, no, n- nothing that, that we posted. It was just kind of us like messing around at Panera. Well, Justin, you should be so lucky to work with award-winning podcaster Peter Huntspitek, Um, because I had tried to make a, a few podcasts with my friends, but the problem is, and anyone who's tried to do a podcast can probably speak to this, like, you think in your head, like, 
yeah, it's just talking. Like it's just a conversation, <laughs> and it is, but it's not. You, like there's a, a a sort of performative aspect to it. I think that um, yes, it is, at, at its core, yes, you're just talking to someone, or you're talking to yourself, or you're you know producing whatever type of show you want to do. But like you still have to do an intro, and you still have to say like, "Welcome to this podcast," and that's really, really fucking awkward and weird. Because I don't like if you're just two friends or just however many people like hanging out, like saying that sort of stuff is like awkward and like weird and whatever. At least that was sort of my experience with it. So I couldn't get po these podcasts that I wanted to try off the ground because we just like couldn't figure out how to like host. We can have a conversation. No problem. I mean, you know, you have conversations all the time, but like to actually sit down and host is, is tricky. So I decided uh, in my senior year of college, I was like, okay, I want to, I think I want to do gaming journalism, I'm getting a journalism degree and film, but not important, but like <laughs> cut to 20 how, years from now. How do I get a job doing this? And I was like, well, Greg Miller told me in 2012 to get a journalism degree and get lucky. Um, and eight I, years later. <laughs> and, and I, I stay, I think that's actually good advice but because uh, I have been extremely fortunate and I don't have a I would not say I have a full time job writing about games, but I think uh, I'm, I'm working towards that. But like I was like, OK, I need to start producing more content so that I can have a portfolio. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do a podcast. But instead of having to like depend on someone else, I'm just going to use the podcast setup that they have at my school and just do it by myself so I can iron out all of the uncomfortable bits of me having to be like welcome to my show you know what i mean like and, and so that way i can do as many takes of it as i want until i can feel satisfied with it so uh, i had a show there were like 12 episodes i did one a week there were like 15 to 30 minutes of me just talking about the games i was playing and i would basically interview myself and i would ask myself questions about the games and then just it was me working on like figuring out how to talk about games um and I won an award. I got fourth place in some journalism competition that I didn't enter. But my professor always like enters pieces she thinks are good. And I'm the only person at the school who's doing a podcast. So she was like, here you go. Uh, you won an awesome, award. Though. Congratulations. Yes. So award winning podcaster Peter Hunt Spitek at your service. Thank you very much. Um, and I think that ultimately that, in my opinion, helped us make our show. Because when we were trying to figure out how to do it, I was like, oh, here, like like this, you know, Um yeah, so I I, um, I would say that similar to what you said about, like, if you want to do a podcast, just do it. Yeah, just do it. Like, you have to get through the awkward part of, like, welcome to our show. Today we're talking about, because as soon as you can start to iron that out and not feel really uncomfortable doing that, the quicker you're going to be doing something of quality and something that I think people want to listen to. Oh, I, I absolutely agree. And it's... I also think like a podcast is more than just talking a lot of the times because I think yeah. we could have conversations for hours about stupid stuff like the Lord of the Rings. Um, but like to have like when you're doing a podcast to have like an informed opinion that takes work, right? Yeah. Like, yes. And what I mean by an informed opinion, like obviously you play a game and you like it, you still had to play the game. Yeah. <laughs> you still uh -huh. have to read games media you still have to follow games media hear what 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 people are talking about hear what the the common like pitfalls with like why why don't why why do people not have an xbox series x more of them uh well right. there's a lot of reasons why and like right 
getting to like know that kind of stuff makes you like more knowledgeable to talk about stuff and like i think it helps with content because let's be honest like every week there there we, we have a, a a show like a doc that we have all of our information on articles and stuff like that there are plenty of weeks when we talk about something that's not on the doc that we just kind of improv right yeah <laughs> and then there's plenty of weeks when we're going off the doc exactly and there's an article that we're talking about i read it like a day ago i thought i knew what we're talking about and i listened back to it and i was like i had literally no idea what i was saying in that segment <laughs> Well, I think it's interesting to to your point. I don't know. I think I'm pretty up to date with games media and like what's going on in gaming news. But usually when you bring something to the table, I mean, pretty frequently, like because because to pull back the curtain a little bit, uh, if you're wondering, dear listener, Justin sets up basically Justin makes this chart. It helps that he's a teacher. Uh, it is. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. I think it is very like I, I've never made a lesson plan. But to me, this is like lesson planny where you just go okay Me here's <laughs> sort of, lol nah. here's like here's the bullets for how we're going to do this here's a chart for you know what we're playing what we're talking about all this sort of stuff and then we go through these stories and and just we have the structure of the showdown but um you you will bring these stories and usually there's something i haven't heard about and i think i'm pretty plugged into what's going on here so that it's like all right time to read uh so exactly not only having an opinion but being informed about what's going on uh, is is equally challenging when you're trying to keep up with with the fast paced nature of of something like video games, and I'm sure uh, just about every other industry is this way. You know, movies and fashion and and everything else. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I do a lot of reading for this show. Do you? I assume. Oh, I do a ton. I do. I, I like. I think being engaged, and if if I'm gonna think about what has changed the most since we started this podcast. Yeah. I think this is a change for the good. My wallet will disagree. The yeah, change for the good is that I've been purchasing more new games. I've been engaged in playing new games and trying to like find out what, what good games are coming out this year, trying to experience as many things as I can. Before this podcast, how we played games was like going off of sales. Like the, the, the sale in the PlayStation store right now is getting me excited for yeah. all the games I missed out on that I want to play. And any other year I could go back and like play like older games and stuff like that. But now it's not just like what games are on sales, what games that came out this year that are on sale that I want to play because I want to be, I want to be part of the conversation of what's current. Um, and I think just like getting to play new games when they come out and having a human being to talk about those games with is so good (laughs) Yeah, because like you never have as much conversation or interest in conversation about a game as when it first came out. Like that's mm-hmm. always like the, the the first place to like have the conversation to get to hear what people's opinions are. But also it helps me inform my opinions because a lot of these games I'm playing before they have com- comprehensive reviews on before other people tell me if I will like this game or not. So a game like, you know, uh, uh, the, the <laughs> Marvel's Avengers beta playing that game and like being a part of the collective opinion of that game was really kind of a cool thing that I normally wouldn't have done in years past. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I totally agree. Cause I think like, you know, th- there's nothing wrong with going to reviews and going to websites that you like and trust for opinions on games, because I, I don't know, like 60 and now $70. That's a, that's quite the investment for a game that you may or may not like. You know, so it is it is a risk anytime you buy a game because you might not actually like it. However, uh, what's cool about 
playing a game right when it releases is you get to think about like, what do I think of this? Is this working for me? Is this not working for me? I think this is especially true in games that you are excited about. For example, like I have been really stoked about Scarlet Nexus. And then when I was actually playing it, going from being like, okay, yeah, like this is cool. to being like, do I, but do I like this? Like, is this fun? Do the systems work? All that sort of stuff. I think it has you thinking about it in, in a different way. Uh, question for you. When you play something new and you know that we're going to talk about it on the show, do you like write down your thoughts at all? Or do you just sort of go off the dome? here's my weirdness you know you know like shower thoughts yeah i call them treadmill thoughts Mm. and like usually i'll listen to like a podcast or something or an audiobook um when i run but um what i have started to do like a crazy person um is i'll like talk out loud about stuff and i know that sounds weird but like getting stuff down and like writing it out and like thinking about stuff and like trying to process like what i actually feel about a game like why like I, I have a tendency, you probably know this, dear listener, and definitely Peter, I have a tendency to sound negative on a lot of things rather than positive on a lot of things. Sure. <laughs> like I just I, I, I tend to lean towards negative criticisms, even for something good. Um, mm-hmm. And this probably comes from me being a teacher. Like Even if you are really above average here, you are the best student in my class, I'm looking for a way to make you improve. So yep. that's what I'll talk more time about. Um, but even just like you know, talking out your ideas and thinking about like why... Uh, am I being so critical about this game and like thinking about like what's good and what's bad about it? I think like just like talking through that stuff is just so important to like kind of understand a little bit better about why I like games that I like. Yeah. Skyward no, Sword. Totally. I think I was negative on that game, but I think everyone should play it. Like when I first mm-hmm. talked about it last week, I didn't, I, I felt like if I, I, after listening to myself, I'm like, who would want to play this game after me talking about it? Well, I think that like it speaks to, in, in those first impressions of a game, at least for me, I think the reason I go negative is because it's like, here are the things that are like standing in the way of me, like loving of, it in, in, of enjoyment. Yeah. Of, of just being totally enamored by a game. So then like when I sit and think about it, it's like, well, you know, but the comment's good and I like this and dialogue's good and all this sort of stuff. That stuff doesn't always come out right away because it's like, well, what do people need to know about this? Okay. The motion controls are clunky, right? Or like, you're repeating a lot of areas or whatever. And so that's the the thing that I think those are the things that stick out in my mind. Mm -hmm. And the reason that the good things don't always stick out is because from something, at least to me, good to stick out, it's got to be like spectacular. I think about the pathless. Uh, I reviewed that game for dual shockers and like the movement and how that game feels to actually play is so cool because of that. It was like, I wrote when I play games for review or if we're going to talk about it here, I, I do write down my thoughts. I keep a note. I keep like a, a notes app. Yeah, I have a note. The app notes too. app up, open yeah. on my phone. And I just, you know, it's it's incomplete sentences. It's just feelings and thoughts and whatever. Um, but w- when I was playing that game, I kept writing down this movement feels so good. And so when I in the review, I talk about that because it's like this thing stood out as being exceptional. Uh, it stood out from the things that I think weigh it, that might weigh it down, you know? So, so I do get that. I do understand what you mean. Uh, and, and to, to that point as well, I think that, um, I personally, and I, and I would love to hear what you think about this. I personally have my best thoughts about a game. If I've been sitting on them for about a week, if I really <laughs> have been like, if I've played a game and I'm really thinking about it after about a week, I will have de- really developed thoughts. Otherwise it's just sort of my first impressions. And, um, 
we, you and I, when we try and come up with games that we're going to talk about, especially if they're new games, usually we won't do it that week. Like if a game comes out on a Friday, we're not going to talk about it on a Sunday usually because we want to play, I don't it. know, play it and have some like actual thoughts instead of just like, yeah, here's what I thought about the first two hours or hour or so. Um, because also what you think about it might change over time as you, as you really turn it over in your brain. And, um, for me personally, like I've reviewed games where I got to play the game for a day and then I had to write the review the next day and then the review was published. And that's not fun because I look back at my review of destruction all stars that I gave a seven, I think, or seven and a half exclusive. And it's like, yeah, I would probably give that game like a three or four now. Like looking back on it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, just like looking back on, on how I feel about it, but it was so rushed and it was so like, okay, yeah, this is fun and this is good. But like, I didn't have the time to really think about like, well, what's this like over an extended period of time? I played that game for eight hours in a single day. And like, that is not how that game should be played because it should not be played for that long. But like, you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, if I'm going to use an English teachery thing here, oh, um, the reason why like waiting that week and thinking about that week and reflecting on that week is so important because your brain automatically is is redrafting your opinion of it. It's yeah. thinking about like, well, I said this, but it, actually this thing was actually a point. And you keep doing that over and over and over and over again, just till you get to the point where you actually have like, again, and going back to that informed opinion about what it is that you think about a game. Uh, because, like, yeah, first impressions, like, a lot of games for the first hour, if you play for two hours, you've done a tutorial. Congratulations. Right. You've you, done you, it. Not even, like, maybe the combat gets stale. Maybe, the, like, maybe this character is not that interesting or whatever. But, yeah, I, I think that that is... Interesting, and, and it's it's curious that you and I sort of agree on that because not that I think we would like disagree, but I, I think that everyone has sort of their own processes processes to, you know, do any sort of criticism or talk about anything. Um, and it's it's funny too. I know that we talk, we joke on the show sometimes, saying like, "It's good to talk to you because I know that we're gonna agree," <laughs> like on <laughs> a lot of stuff. Uh, but what I do appreciate about you and talking about you, especially on this show, uh, talking with you, excuse me, on the show is that I, I usually have an idea of how you feel about something, but it's not always 100%. And because I have a good idea, cause I know you, um, it usually helps the conversation cause I know like to, what to ask you about, but then sometimes you throw a total curveball at me. Like I thought for sure, not, like I know we joke about this. For sure, I thought that you were going to hate the medium. <laughs> At, like, Because I, I texted you because you were like, how long should I play this? Because I think we talked about it. It came out on like a Friday, and I think we talked about it on that Sunday, um, which is we don't usually do that. But uh, I texted you, and I was like, you need to play like two hours of this game, and then you kind of get it. And then we talk about it, and you're like, yeah, I finished it. I actually liked it. <laughs> I was like, whoa. And then we had that interesting conversation about it. But um do, do, do you sort of know what I mean there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, and, and, like, I think with any person that you read a review from or you're talking to about games, like, you got to, like, understand that they're a different person than you. Yeah. Right? And just because, like, if I ask you right now, do you like Fortnite or Apex better? Apex. Right? And I think, like, for me, it's an easy Fortnite answer for that, right? Yeah. And I... It, none of us are, we're not wrong <laughs> nope. like that's like our opinion of what we're looking for in games and that's what like our experiences take us to so like what you know sharing perspective about your game what 
a review score is what is but a, a score that you give a game at that time yeah right i i if you ask me what my favorite game is 10 years ago and you ask me what my favorite game is today probably be different even if it was yeah. the same game mm-hmm. like let's pretend the last of us was my favorite game for both of those times and it was yeah. the last of us by the way for it's probably i, I you know what? I haven't thought of this question in a while. We'll come back to that at one point. About like but, what your favorite game is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Go For on, a long time, The Last of Us was one of my favorite games. I love that game so much. Yep. Um, my reasons for loving it are different in 2021 than they were when it first came out. Yeah. I would write a very different review today than I did back then, and like, mm-hmm. it's a time and a place thing, and it's like you know you have a, your opinions change constantly because you change constantly, and if you don't, oh. Oh, I think that speaks to something interesting about like recording a podcast is like, I, I don't know, like unless Spotify, Apple podcasts and Google play shut down and say like, all right, this is all getting trashed. Like this is going to be here for a long time. Forever. And my, hey, this podcast, this conversation might outlive us, which is wacky. But like what I'm trying to say is like, Doing a podcast like this has made me like, and I don't know how you feel about this, but like has made me very aware of like, hey, you better like if you stand by this, you better like stand by this. Like if you're going to say this, you better like mean it. And, and it's interesting. I don't listen to every show because I edit the show. Uh, I, I think you do, though, right? Yeah. You, I, to, well, I mean, you listen, listen to them when you're editing it. Like, I think that's just yeah, as, yeah, yeah. just as uh, but I do listen to it every week. But what I'm trying to say is like, I don't usually go back and re-listen because usually we'll have the we'll have our conversation and then i'm editing it the next day so like i haven't had like time to really think about the things that we're saying um but sometimes i will go back and re-listen to an older episode just to see like hey what what do we say about this what do we talk about with cyberpunk or whatever and going back is usually like oh or not usually but it's sometimes like oh i didn't mean it like that or or oh like now that it's been a minute, I, my feelings have sort of changed on this. So doing a podcast has sort of made me acutely aware of like, hey, my thoughts are going to your thoughts are going to change. But you sort of got to s- stick with them or, or justify why you felt that way when it went yeah, yeah, at and, a certain and, time. And I think like you say, like you go back to older episodes, literally what we talk about a week ago can sometimes when I'm listening to it be like, how am I saying that? Why did I yeah. say that? You know, uh, I'm just because it's like the the recency bias here. Skyward Sword. Like I was listening to that and I was like, yeah, I get it. But like also, there's a lot of good stuff in this game too that I mm-hmm. think I, I need to praise and make sure I praise. Um, and like I just think that uh, I don't think we ever pretend that we're experts on stuff. We no. are sharing our opinions and our thoughts and what we like. And I think yeah. that is. I, I, part of why this works is because we're authentic and we're not just like pandering to sponsors or an audience or each other's thoughts. Like we're just saying, saying what we believe. Yeah. I I think it's interesting too. Like there's no reason for us to say anything that isn't true (laughs) for us. Like there's like literally no reason for us to, to not do that. But I do think that, um, Sometimes we are. Sometimes we do. We are wrong or incorrect or something. For example, I introduced the show yesterday by calling it the Stream Deck because Elgato had just released a Stream Deck, and I said that for uh, not yesterday, last week. I, I said that for quite a while. And in editing, I'm like, do I fix this or just leave this? <laughs> I was like, because like it would just be like me listening to it and like overdubbing like Steam, <laughs> which is not anything. <laughs> but um, 
you know, I, what, what I appreciate is that sometimes, you know, we do make mistakes and, and all that, but usually if it's a big enough mistake, I mean, I don't think we've ever like really made a huge mistake where we've had to like really go back and, and make an amendum or anything like that. But, um, we, w- I think we would, if, if we were to get some sort of details horribly wrong or something like that, I think, you know, the next week we'd talk about like, Hey, uh, whoops. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but I, I think it speaks to the fact that for this show, you and I try to be current and understand what we're talking about because we do reference writers and, and articles from all sorts of different websites and, and hear opinions from other people to make a f- informed conversation. Basically, because of this podcast, I have to either create a new Google account to look at Forbes magazine, or I have to subscribe to it. And I don't You've feel like your, subscribing what, three, to three, four articles. Yeah, but over all three of my Google accounts, plus like I got to yeah, make a couple yeah, yeah, more. Yeah. Like it's I problematic. Think, I think if you try an incognito mode, that might might get get past those. Uh, Oh, okay. Well, those ads. That, that's how I read my mom. Forbes, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> my mom um, sends me uh, uh, New York Times articles, and they're like, "You want to pay?" And I'm like, "I don't," but I will look at you in an incognito tab because apparently that works. Anyway, hey, you by saying- the way, uh, uh, while while you can, teachers get free New York Times subscriptions. Oh, well, I still have that email. So you should use it. Yeah, that's true. Nice. We were talking about this. The reason I know. Justin is because he was my teacher when I was in school, and then I worked at the school <laughs> for him. Hold on, it's not weird. Uh, hold on, <laughs> and and then I worked. Uh, I did speech in high school, and, and so did so did you. Uh, but then when I graduated high school, you're like, you want a job doing like being a speech coach? I'm like, yeah, that's fine. And now here we are. We've like, by the way, many years ago have been like, we should do a podcast, and then like yeah. never, yeah, like I, I, in in viewers, like I remember having conversations with Peter backstage like for a show i directed talking about the last of us i remember specifically <laughs> we were like we, we were supposed to be striking like you know tearing tearing down the whole set and everything and we were like really interesting like like so at the end what did you think about yeah i, I remember that that was i still um, think joel made the right choice for him and i would probably do the same thing joel did in the last uh, of us one uh hard to say I'm not, I'm not a parent don't know those strong familial bonds i think that it was selfish. Yeah, I'd do it. Yeah, but yeah, mm-hmm. and and I'd have to, I'd have to go back and, and take a look at the all that. But I think I probably agree. I probably would have told her though. That's the thing. I probably wouldn't have lied to her. I probably would have said, "Listen, they've done this a bunch of times." And yeah, but girl knew. She knew he was lying. Yeah, but isn't that worse? Isn't that I, bad? Isn't that bad to lie when somebody when I, I mean, I'm not I, saying I I'm not saying it's the right. None of that was the right thing to do. But yeah, also, I, I like, mean. knowing the context of everything. Like, I, I don't know. I agree. I know what you mean. One more thing you guys need to have to have a, a, a successful podcast. And it's really not technology. It's not a, 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 a 10-year-old microphone that no. um, works somehow. It's reliability and having a good partner. And Peter, yes. you are both one oh, of the most reliable people I know. And one oh. of the greatest partners to be in a podcast oh, with. Stop it. I'm just going to say that. I, um, I agree with both the idea that you need to have someone reliable and uh interesting but then also um i would i would throw that right back to you and i would say that you have been a wonderful partner in all of this because like to me so i, I do music I've, I've done bands doing a podcast is kind of like doing a band where like it's fun to say like oh we should do a podcast we should do a band but then like when you get the instruments and everything you're like but are we like do we want to be in a band 
Because, like, it's fun to play music, but do we want to, like, book shows and have to worry about, like, the logistics of stuff? Doing a podcast is very fun, at least for me. Like, just having a conversation with you and and hosting and all that stuff. I have a lot of fun with it. You know what's less fun? Editing a podcast. Uh, It's not unfun. Like, I like to do it. But, like, that is, that for me, that's work. And and I know that for you, putting together the show notes and documents and stuff, hey, that's work. But at the end of the day, like, I think you and I... I, I find you to be very reliable and it just so happens that you're a good friend of mine. And and that is something that I think if you are interested in starting a podcast with a friend, really think about and really talk about what that might mean and what you might want to achieve with your podcast. Before we recorded an episode, we, we got on a call for like five hours. You remember this? Because, <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, here's, here's the thing too. So Justin had texted me. This was like a week after The Last of Us 2 came out. I was in the Badlands because... Um, I mean, I just graduated from college, just sending out job applications week after week after week. And my parents were like, go on a vacation with Elena. Just do it. Just drive somewhere. So we went to the Badlands, did some camping out there, went to the Black Hills, did some camping out there. And you texted me while you while I was there and you were like, yo, I, be, I finished The Last of Us 2. When do we want to talk about it? And I was like, I've only played it for three hours. I'll beat it when I get back. We'll talk about it. And then we were like, let's do a podcast. Let's just, let's just, we've been talking about it forever. Let's just do it. So... Instead of sitting down to record our first episode, we sat down to be like, so what, how, how are we going to do a podcast? What are we going to like all this sort of stuff? We deliberated very long over what sort of name we wanted. <laughs> I think that's important. I mean, it's like, it's like a band name. It's, it's hard. And, and trying to find something that is first of all, like searchable. And then also like indicative of like what the podcast is going to be about and like making sure that no one else has that name and all that sort of stuff is, is tricky. So we talked for like, freaking three four five hours like just trying to figure out like how is this all gonna go and i will be honest it was i think in that conversation with you that i was sort of like this could work this will and this will work because you seem to be serious about this and you seem to be interested in doing this even though that yes 50 percent of it is fun but the other 50 percent is work you might it's you can enjoy the work it's fun work but it is at the end of the day like another thing on my to-do list that i do before i finish being done for the day i just go back i i've never created a band name before or like a group name or something and yeah. coming up with that name with you was 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 fun um i also uh love the text messages i was getting from my girlfriend who was in the room right behind me <laughs> listening to these names and some of them she's like justin you can't you can't say no. that you no. can't say that there was one that i don't actually want to have a no, recording you, no. of me <laughs> saying um because like we were we, what we were doing is we were like looking up like, OK, well, like what are some video game names or some like terms like controller uh, trophy, like, like all sorts of like words that were associated with gaming. And there was one that we were like, oh, this is kind of something. And then like turns out it is like a apparent. I don't know if it's a slur or something, but it was like, hey, I uh, can't use that. Yeah, don't nope, use no. that. Don't don't use that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yes. Uh, remember um, to Google the name of something before you decide that it is the name of your company podcast. Yeah, Please yeah. don't don't do that to yourself. But yeah, no, it, it was it was in that conversation that I think I sat down and was sort of like, yeah, I think this could work because not only are you a good friend of mine, not only do I think you're knowledgeable about games, and and I think we have good conversations. But at the end of the day, you are the kind of person who is willing to see this as fun and also as work because that's what it is. But. And that's a year, man. That's a year. Hey, Woo! if you're listening to this and or have listened at all, thanks so much. Uh, this is this is so fun, and I look forward to this every week. And 
I really appreciate, I mean, I think we both really appreciate anyone who has ever spent their limited amount of time on this earth with us in your ears. Uh, and, and yeah, that, that really means quite a lot to me. Um, if I, if I may speak for myself here, but. Oh no, I, I, this is just like, uh, if any, to anyone who listens to us and hopefully, uh, agrees with us in some of the stuff we say, but even disagrees with stuff. I think that's so great to have these conversations. I'm the kind of person who I love listening to content. I love, uh, watching, hearing, uh, experiencing, but I don't necessarily, I'm not the kind of person who like goes on discussion boards, goes on forums and like starts mm-hmm. those kind of conversations. I think that can be a hard thing for people. So it's just good. I'm just glad I found a good person like Peter here to talk with ah. stuff about. So that's just so important. I think like talking about stuff that you love is it shouldn't be a bad thing for you to do. So the more yeah. I can talk about games, the happier I can be. So, hey, thanks for listening. Uh, I'll let you in on a little little secret here. I edit this out every single show, but we have a we have our conversation, and there's <laughs> usually about three seconds of silence, and that's how I know <laughs> the show is over. Uh, and, and I say verbatim every single week, and there is 52, or I guess just 51, and now here's the 52nd time of me saying this. Just uh, want to land the ship? Just do so it. It's like, yeah, and sometimes do it. I imagine it being like a peaceful, like just in a port. Other times I imagine it's just like crashing as fast as it can. Yeah, when we're at like one forty-five in terms of like re- like recording time, or like one fifty, that's a cra- that's a crash land for the <laughs> editing. Because I'm like, I gotta cut fucking gotta stop twenty oh minutes God. out of this show. But uh, hey, thanks so much for listening. Uh, seriously, we say it every week, but I, I truly hope you understand that we do mean it. Thank you so much for sticking with us. This past year has been so fun. We have. We got to go to E3 as media. That's yeah, so what? wild. And we we, we, we uh, got review codes for Emily is Away 3, which is so fun and so cool. Uh, and, and all of that is because we uh, have people who listen to us. So thanks so much for that. If you are, if you have any thoughts, if you have any... F- things that you agree with us on or disagree with us on throughout the whole year or even in this episode talking about mass effect and ea play and all that jazz go ahead and let us know you can send us a tweet at hitbox pod on twitter or send us an email at hitbox official podcast at gmail.com you can find both of our twitters in the link to this uh, in the episode description of this episode and just about every other episode as well uh, and you can find i don't know if we talked about any articles this week actually we did not um but you can all if you ever are ever curious you can always find those links to those articles in there as well um justin am i forgetting anything do you have anything to add uh, one quick just psa for everyone um rumors yeah. has it uh that uh this weekend uh might be the first technical demo for halo infinite so if you want to be part of the halo infinite technical demo first of all you should probably have an xbox uh, uh game pass subscription or xbox yeah. live yeah. or whatever yeah. it is um but if you head to halowaypoint.com and you sign up for that, uh, you will get on a mailing list, and you have a chance, not guaranteed, you have a chance to be a part of the technical demo, which, again, has been rumored. Um, I read an article on GameSpot uh, that was talking about this. The article was by Eddie Makuch. Uh, so I, if, you're, if you want to be one of the first people to run around in a Halo Infinite world and like to look at it, um, try to sign up on halowaypoint.com. Uh, that would be my recommendation for you. I hope both of us get in. I did that when they announced it at E3. But, um, hey, thanks again for listening. Uh, Here's 252 more. Uh, Always remember. Hey, always remember. Old games are old. 
Catch you next time. Bye. Bye.